Northern and eastern Taiwan will see heavy showers Monday evening through midday on Tuesday due to the influence of tropical storms south of Taiwan. Some mountainous areas in Hualien are expected to see up to 600 millimeters of precipitation, far exceeding the threshold to be considered extremely torrential rain. Coastal areas can expect to see strong winds, with gusts in the range of 9 to 12 on the Beaufort scale. The Central Weather Bureau says the sea warning currently in place will likely not be lifted until Tuesday, and that the rains won't ease up until Wednesday. Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Saturday gave a speech to mark the 110th anniversary of the Xinhai Revolution that led to the founding of the Republic of China. The content of his speech raised a few eyebrows among political circles in Taiwan. One Chinese democracy activist exiled in Taiwan says Xi's words against forgetting one's roots and sowing division could apply to the Chinese Communist Party itself. Banners celebrating Taiwan's National Day curiously appeared outside the Chinese embassy in India. They were put up by Tajinder Pal Singh Baga, a leader at the Delhi branch of India's ruling Bharatiya Janata Party. Baga said he could no longer put up with China's bullying of Taiwan, so he decided to voice support for Taiwan's sovereignty right outside China's doorstep. Baga also shared a custom-made cake with friends to celebrate Taiwan's National Day. The story was picked up by a local media outlet, which also reported that India, like the U.S., would come to Taiwan's aid whenever necessary. Meanwhile, Chinese leader Xi Jinping recently gave a speech commemorating the 1911 Xinhai Revolution. In it, he quoted Sun Yat-sen, a leader of the revolution. Xi said, the trends of the world are enormous and mighty. Those who submit will prosper, and those who resist shall perish. The quote was used as support for nationalism and unification, but experts say that Sun's reference to international trends was actually about democratization. Also in his speech, she said it has never ended well for those who forget their ancestors, betray the motherland, or split the country. Exiled Chinese democracy activist Wang Dan remarked that all that has already happened in China at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. He argued that the party's subservience to the Soviet Union was tantamount to treason and that the violent revolutions it initiated only served to divide the country. The CCP introduced Marxism-Leninism, an ideology that emerged in the Soviet Union or in Western Europe. That's precisely what forgetting one's roots is. They accepted orders from Communist International. Their weapons, their funds, their orders all came from abroad. That is plain, unadulterated treason. It's breaking apart the motherland by letting foreign forces in. Xi's speech on the anniversary of the Xinhai Revolution has raised many eyebrows across the strait. Media outlets from all over the world paid especially close attention to this year's Taiwan National Day Parade. U.S. media outlet CNN described the show as a show of Taiwan's determination to defend itself from Chinese pressure. The event has once again reignited discussion of Taiwan's future and cross-strait relations. Some experts have said the regional tensions are the biggest geopolitical challenge since the Cold War. On National Day, Taiwan displayed its military power in front of the presidential office building, attracting much attention from international media. Shown here is footage from Japan's NHK. Taiwan's self-developed missile launching vehicles are inspected by President Tsai Ing-wen. This is the first time they are shown in public. 
The Japanese media outlet also reported on heightened pressure from Beijing on Taiwan. It said that back in June, China published video footage of a military drill seemingly simulating a PLA invasion of Taiwan. Meanwhile, according to the CNN, Taiwan's military parade this year is rather special in that it is a rare showcase of military might in response to increased sorties by Chinese warplanes. This island is increasingly concerned about the behavior of mainland China. Provocative behavior. More than 100 planes entering Taiwan's self-declared air defense identification zone in just one week this month. The CNN correspondent also quoted President Tsai saying that Taiwan stands on democracy's first line of defense against authoritarianism, which is why it has such geopolitical and ideological significance. Taiwan points out that they've never been ruled by the Communist Party of China, and they say they plan to keep it that way. The U.S. media outlet conveyed Taiwan's firm stance against China's rhetoric. Just one day before Taiwan's National Day, Chinese leader Xi Jinping had reiterated Beijing's position against Taiwan independence and for unification. This is not anything new. Uh, the rhetoric coming from, from Beijing uh, has been hardening for many, many years. Uh, and certainly since 2016, under the Taiwan uh, government, uh, the signal has been very clear is that uh, Taiwan's democracy is non-negotiable. The way of life of the Taiwanese is non-negotiable. And they get to decide their own future, notwithstanding the threats uh, from Beijing. The researcher said it is inevitable that Chinese expansionism will affect Taiwan. Soon after President Tsai's address, China's Taiwan Affairs Office openly denounced its content. Some experts believe cross-strait relations are the biggest political challenge since the Cold War. If Taiwan were suddenly abandoned by the United States, Japan, South Korea, and other allies and potential allies in the region would probably recalculate their relationship with the United States. So it has wider geopolitical implications. U.S. President Joe Biden is scheduled to meet with Xi for online talks at the end of the year. All eyes will be on the event to see how it will affect the trajectory of relations between the U.S., Taiwan and China. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida on Monday called Taiwan an important partner during a session at Japan's parliament. He said that relations between the two countries will continue deepening in the future, adding that Japan will keep a close watch on any developments in the Taiwan Strait. Let's hear what he had to say. Japan and Taiwan share basic values. We have close economic ties and have an important partnership on talent exchanges. We deeply cherish this alliance. Kishida said Japan will continue strengthening its exchanges and cooperation with Taiwan by maintaining unofficial relations with the island. In addition, he restated his government's position that peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is extremely important for Japan. He also called on Taiwan and China to resolve their tensions through dialogue. Two successful pediatric kidney transplants have been carried out in Taipei. The recipients of the transplants are aged 4 and 8. Both children have been able to come off dialysis after receiving a new kidney at Taipei Veterans General Hospital. The donor, the youngest in Taiwan's history, was just one year old when he passed away.
Four-year-old Miss Lee sings a nursery rhyme. When she was just four days old, she suffered a ruptured bowel, requiring her to become the youngest dialysis patient in Taiwan. Beside her, eight-year-old Miss Chu, who was born with heart disease and whose development was slow, also had dialysis for two years. Now both have a new lease of life after a kidney transplant. We can also understand that making a decision like this requires enormous courage. We're extremely grateful to the family of the donor. When I ate lunch, I had to do dialysis. Sometimes Granny would come later, and I had to just watch everyone else eat. Now I can eat with everyone. It's great. The kidney donor was Taiwan's youngest ever organ donor. He tragically died of hypoxia at the age of one year and three months, weighing 9.8 kilograms. His next of kin wanted his organs to help others, but the transplant was exceptionally difficult to carry out, involving kidneys only as big as thumbs. First of all, she had extremely thin blood vessels. Even once they're connected, looking at global transplant statistics, the chance of causing an embolism is over 50%. You have to reduce the clotting in the blood to prevent clots in the kidneys. If a clot does form, the kidney could be destroyed. Although both transplants initially seemed successful, a rejection was later seen in the younger child. She then had to stay on dialysis another month. Fortunately, both children are now in good condition and are looking forward to a happy, healthy future, thanks to the great generosity of the donor and his family. The craze for soy milk as a health drink shows no sign of abating. The low-fat, high-protein drink is popular among fitness lovers as well as people trying to lose weight. But we spoke to a nutritionist who fears some might have the wrong idea. If you underestimate the high levels of protein in soy milk, you could be in for a surprise. An employee blends a soy milk. Lots of customers go for no sugar. The sugar-free soy milk has boomed thanks to online endorsements of soy milk weight loss plans. The people from the gyms nearby come and order sugar-free soy milk. They think it's a low-calorie option. But if you drink soy milk like water, you might find yourself gaining weight. With soy milk, it belongs in the protein category. It has a high protein content, lean protein. It has some fat in it too, actually. If you don't control the portions, you might have issues with hyperlipidemia or hyperuricemia. This nutritionist says a 190 milliliter drink of soy milk is equivalent to one portion of meat. Watch your portion size, she says, and if you add sugar, one cup will be at least 100 calories. Some people replace dairy milk with soy, but if you do, make sure you're getting calcium from another source. 100 milliliters of soy milk only contain 40 milligrams of calcium. We recommend you get some other sources of calcium from your food, such as firm tofu or Chinese kale, which is actually quite rich in calcium. Soy milk and other soy products are also rich sources of fiber and can be good for the digestive system. They're a great part of a balanced diet if you know how to eat them right. Taiwan reported one new local COVID case on Monday, a preschool teacher in her 40s residing in New Taipei. Health officials say test results indicate she was infected a long time ago and was not infectious recently. Still, 98 contacts have been identified, of which 31 are students who have been placed in home isolation. Let's hear from the CECC. 
。那呃，我们今天是有一例的本土病例，有十例的境外移入个案，那零死亡个案。Today we have one new local COVID case, ten imported cases, and zero deaths. The new local case is patient number one six four one one, a woman in her forties working in a preschool. She got a test on October ninth after seeking medical attention for an unrelated issue. She was diagnosed COVID positive today. Her CT value is thirty four point nine. Blood plasma results show she is negative for IgM antibodies, positive for IgG antibodies, and positive for both N and S proteins. We believe she was infected a long time ago. We conducted another PCR test, which returned negative today. According to her, she developed a cough in late May. With COVID receding, the CECC also announced that patient visits are now allowed at chronic disease wards with certain conditions. Visitors must not present any COVID symptoms or have a history of contact with known COVID cases. They must also show a recent negative COVID test or proof of full vaccination. The 11th round of COVID-19 vaccine appointments opened at 10 a.m. Monday morning. This time around, about 1.17 million people are eligible to book their first shot of the Pfizer vaccine. Starting Tuesday, appointments will also become bookable for second doses of AstraZeneca. Appointments to book first shots of Pfizer opened up on Monday at 10 a.m. Before the booking system even opened, people could be seen lining up outside pharmacies to secure a spot. The phone lags, so I thought to come here before 10. You have to be quick, or it will be someone else's turn. Because my children are abroad, I have to visit them sometimes. I am choosing a vaccine recognized abroad. Booking shots for the 11th round of vaccines will be separated in two stages. The first stage will open only for first shots of Pfizer. Those eligible to book a shot include people aged 45 and up, people aged 12 to 22, and people aged 18 and up with pre-existing health conditions. That's about 1.17 people eligible for a shot. The second stage will offer second shots of AstraZeneca from Tuesday morning to Wednesday noon. Administration will begin on October 15th at the earliest. Every day we have dozens of people asking if they are eligible for registration. For the latest eligibility criteria, if you're unsure whether you meet them, you can go to the 1922 website first to check if you meet the criteria before securing a spot for yourself. That way, you won't waste as much time. As of Saturday morning, more than 13.7 million people in the country have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, raising vaccine coverage to more than 58%. Taiwan is on track to reach single-dose coverage of 70 by the end of the month. You've probably seen marriage proposals at restaurants or even at sports stadiums, but what about in the depths of the sea? A couple from Taiwan, passionate about diving, got engaged in a wet ceremony off the coast of Green Island. With conversation cards to communicate and diving friends all around, the bride-to-be gave a resounding yes against the coral backdrop. Goggles on their faces, oxygen tanks on their backs. The divers are fully geared up. Then one of them kneels down and pulls out a bracelet-sized ring with a jumbo diamond for the love of his life. We planned it for three to four months. We had to postpone it because of the pandemic. 
Mr. Lai from Zhanghua and Ms. Wu from Kaohsiung have been together for almost two years and share a passion for diving. The couple traveled to Green Island over the National Day long weekend for a diving trip. For the groom-to-be, it was time to roll out his plan for a deep-sea proposal. Originally, the date had been set for October 10th, but because of an incoming tropical storm, the engagement event had to be held the day before. We had to bring the plan forward because the tropical storm was due to approach. If they had gone in the water, maybe we wouldn't have been able to hold up the banner. We'd have to control our buoyancy. Holding an underwater proposal is no easy feat. All participants had to have a good grip on the center of mass as well as control their buoyancy on the seabed. Friends held up all sorts of props, including a sign saying, Marry me, I'll care for you for the rest of my life. To communicate under the sea, Mr. Lai designed dialogue cards with sweet nothings followed by the big question. Without hesitation, Ms. Wu directed her finger straight at yes. Being in the depths of the sea, we thought the banner would be quite striking. I also prepared some dialogue cards with sappy things, then I popped out the ring and proposed to her. Surrounded by friends and by colorful coral reefs, the groom-to-be picks up his fiancée effortlessly and they share a wet underwater kiss. Despite the storm drawing near up above, the aquatic proposal went swimmingly. Night market microphone stalls are a staple of a good family night out, but occasionally a rare singing talent is found. Recently, a four-year-old girl astonished passerbys with her untrained singing voice at a market in Geelong. Market goers were enchanted by her renditions of pop favorites like Love Story in London and A Little Happiness. <laughs> A strong but simple voice rings out through the clamor of a night market. Passers-by stop to listen, wondering where that voice could be coming from. You can see from the snack in her hand, in her simple outfit, she didn't come out with big plans for the stage tonight. It was just a trip to the night market until she was given a chance to try the microphone out. Not letting the face mask bother her, she began an impromptu concert. She was just walking by and happened to see the microphone. I asked if she wanted to sing something. When she began, all the stall owners around all thought, wow, this girl can really sing. Lots of locals know and love the microphone stall in the night market on Ice Hill Road, Jilong. The girl's entrancing voice sounds like it was blessed by an angel, said one commenter online. <laughs> the event reminded music lovers of another little singing sensation who graced a night market with songs in Taiwanese not long ago. Night market microphones are attracting more and more talented singers. Who will be the next angelic voice hidden in the crowd? With the summer heat finally letting up, Hardy Autumn Cuisine is starting to look appealing. Let's head now to an Asian fusion restaurant in New Taipei, where the menu keeps you guessing. Whether it's spicy fried chicken, dim sum, or fruity sweets, all of these dishes have a twist.
Red Hot Spicy Fried Chicken. The scent of Sichuan pepper assaults the senses as soon as it's served, but made with Korean chili powder, the dish is not as hot as a typical Sichuan chicken. The milder Korean chilies and peppers have seeped into the chicken before it deep fries in the pan. Traditionally, in Sichuan, you'd use chili oil for the frying. With normal oil, it's less mind-blowingly hot. Vine pepper oil is used to saute peppers and then sweetened with oyster sauce. The finishing touch is a sprinkle of Korean chili powder. For the pickling in chili powder, we switch it half for Korean chili powder. It's brighter red and not as spicy, and we've reduced the ratio of chili powder too. But that's not the only surprise on the menu. Flat iron steaks are stir-fried with potato wedges so the potatoes can absorb the juice. Then there's a creative dim sum menu to rival any Hong Kong joint. What's this delicacy? A pomelo? A pear? It's actually a savory crab meat dumpling. To get that pear-like green, the chef has added vegetable juice to the skin, which is first kneaded into balls and then stretched out thin. The whole process is done by hand. It's the green of the vegetables, because it will oxidize, but if the oil is too cool or too hot, it goes yellow. And to top it off, why not try this pink delight? It's not a candy, but a tea berry from Japanese tempura cuisine. This is a restaurant that will keep you guessing to the end.